Hello, everybody. This is Drew. This is Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast. Awesome intro music. <laughs> Everybody, uh, welcome to episode twenty-one of the podcast. I hope that our voices sound like delicious honey to your ears. But we're rocking some new equipment, and hopefully, it goes well. You can only hope. We're learning how to use it as we go along. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be diving into two games. Well, we actually didn't complete uh, one of them. We played together, co-op game. And the other one, Drew played and told me that I wouldn't enjoy it. And based off how what he told me about the game, I don't think I would have. So he kind of saved me from that one. But we played them, so we are going to talk about them and give, you know, maybe you'll play them and like them. This first game is called uh, Soul. It's the one I didn't play that Drew saved me from that Drew will play. It's called uh, Soul Axiom. You want to take it away, Drew? Yeah. Soul Axiom is from uh, Wales Interactive. I've been seeing their name on quite a few different things. They're actually kind of a mix of a publisher and a developer. They kind of do both. Mm -hmm. uh, they did develop this game, and I think they've uh, developed a few other things we've played recently. And I think they published a lot of... Uh, I don't know if they published or if they developed the, the, those FM, FMV games we've been playing. Oh, is that the live action? The live video action ones? video games. Their names attached. I think they may just publish those. Was that Bunker and the Night Shift? And I think we have the Shape Shifting game or the Shape Shifting yeah, the Man. Shape Shifting Detective. Anyway, that's and a, the uh, Infectious Doctor Decker. Yeah, so that's that's, that's a series of things we might do later. We've played a few of them. And if anybody didn't know, the FMV games are still alive. It's games where you um, kind of watch live action people act out stuff and you make choices and interactive movies. Anyway, yeah. Kind of. Um, but Wells Interactive has been attached to a couple of those. They That may have been publishing work for them. I'm not sure. But I've been seeing their name crop up quite a bit recently on a lot of things we've been playing. But this game here is a first-person puzzle game. You get, like, different abilities throughout the thing with your, your hands. They change. They get different colors, and they do different things. I forgot to write all those down. But you're actually inside a computer system called Elysia and it's like a actually it's not too terribly far maybe more elaborate if people remember Soma where they were trying to save people by putting them in a, in a computer Elysia was like a place you could upload your consciousness to keep from dying I guess it, I remember that the scientists didn't really explain it that well <laughs> well see that seems to be a popular idea Nowadays, I think it's going to be a popular science fiction. I bet there's TV shows. Well, that I bet Upload, that brand new TV show about to pop out with uh, Rob, not Rob, yeah, Robbie Amno. It's called Upload, where he's uploading his consciousness before he dies. To maybe it's just becoming a thing. It feels like there'll be a Black Mirror episode about it, probably too. I think too, there already was. If they're not, mm -hmm. yeah, there haven't been one already. 
but you are running around. You're not in the real world uh, at all in this game. You you, you start in the Elysia, uh, like walking into like a hub, and you're welcomed by this uh, AI who's telling you you gotta rebuild memories or something. It's it's kind of confusing, but you end up going to different maps. So, Do you work there, or are you a, a, a patient I client? Can't remember exactly who you were. I know you're playing through these other people's stories, trying to put together what happened and why you're in there. So you're probably some sort of I doctor. I may have mixed. I may have missed something because this is a game I didn't complete, which I'll get to why here in a bit. But Excuse I know you're me. playing as you're playing through these different parts. You're playing through. I feel like you're playing through other people's memories. You're you're playing out these other storylines. And there's three main people that you're kind of messing around with. I didn't feel the need to write their names down. There's a politician, an actor, and a scientist. The scientist actually works for the company who made Elysium, I think. And the politician is attached to trying to make it, to convince people that it's okay to use it. Like, I think he's like the either one of, or, like, I, I, God, I feel like he like does an Elysium upload like live on TV or something like that, something crazy, trying to be, push it. And this actor woman, she's real famous, and I think her and the politician are having some affair. And she is she's called to be the uh, the face of Elysium. When I talk, when you walk into the hub, there's a AI, big AI thing. There's a woman talking. It's her it's her face. She talks to you, so she's kind of the what's the thing from Portal? Gladys. She's kind of, kind of the Gladys. Well, that's, that's a bad comparison because Gladys is, is Much actually is better. actually entertaining. Yeah, she just she's just like an actress who like read off lines she's supposed to say for a computer, and kind of directs you through the parts a little bit. Tells you when you complete things. The game is mostly just walking through these different environments and solving puzzles with your various abilities you get with your hands. The first thing you do, I forget what the powers are called, but you have this green hands and allows you to uh, play and rewind things. Like you can like move stuff in the world. Like you hit, pl you like you play it and it moves forward, or you uh, can. I don't know if you rewind if you just let go of the play and things automatically rewind what their like their predetermined things are supposed. Everything has stuff, stuff. Not everything, but select items have things you can play and rewind certain items. It you use that one quite a bit through a bunch of different levels, and then you end up with a one for just kind of basic. I think it's red red ones, and you just kind of blow stuff up. You just it's called destroy. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a purple one for corrupt. Corrupting is, I feel like that one's actually just to like to break things, not like blow stuff up, but it like corrupts things and changes stuff. I don't think that one's supposed to be a part of Elysia, Elysium, Elysia. Like it's used Elysia. to like Elysia. Yeah, it's used to break things inside Elysia a lot of the time. I try to hard time remember because it's been a couple of weeks since I played this and uh, I took a few notes, but uh, the game wasn't doing too great for me. The game definitely one mistake it makes, and there's another game me and Blake are going to talk about eventually. Another game that I that I've completed called Nevermind, which Blake Blake is slowly working on. Achievement wise, Nevermind makes you play through the game twice. But never mind's also very short, in a way. Uh, it's still have annoying, but Soul Axiom requires you to play through a lot of the levels twice, if if not actually all the levels twice. Though the second run through is a little shorter, but you have to run through all the levels twice for the story. Yeah. Uh, and 
believe me, that drags quite a bit. You get to skip some of the puzzles and run around things. But there's also a whole lot of things that you have to do, just do again, where it doesn't change certain things. You have to, you're trying to get back to these certain parts to get to these, uh, I don't know what you call it. Key memories or something. It's just parts of a memory where there's like a, there's like a, a, a door. It's like a, it's not magic. It's like a digital, like a like a back door to the system. And so you got to play back to the back to those memories, find the back door, and you go in there, and you're and you you beat that puzzle, and that that gets rid of the corruption of the memory. So you got to rebuild all the memories. There's like twelve levels, or something like that. There's a bunch of them, and you got to do them all twice. And uh, I was kind of getting bored on the first run through of some of the levels. Anyway, some there's a large variety of levels. So you think it would be hard to get bored, but uh, I just didn't care for a lot of the, a lot of the puzzles. They were very uh, obtuse and stuff like that. It was just like I, had to, I think I followed a guide for this. I can't remember. Up to up to a certain point, I had followed a guide, and uh, without a guide, I would have even some things I wouldn't even have understood what I was supposed to be doing. You would give up sooner. Yeah. Um, along with the, the guide and all of that, I there was um the death of any any chance of ever of one king a game is sometimes a game will have a uh i think we talked about it in little nightmares had a no death achievement no mm. the, the, we, we just skipped or like forget this no death thing I'm not, we're not going to do it we're going to enjoy the game because little nightmares was actually cool yeah uh soul axiom has four no dying achievements oh good gravy yeah and there's a couple of them one i got by accident I died the same time the part ended. It felt bad. It gave me it gave me the achievement. They all involve doing certain parts of controlling certain things, and not getting hit by so. Like the one that I completed, I had to like something was happening. I forget. Like I was waiting for a door or something to open, and like crows were flying at me, and I had to keep destroying the crows until this door opened up. And I like the door opened, and a crow hit me at the same time, and it gave me the achievement for not dying during the crow attack. That one was dumb. I forget one of the other ones. I, one of them you had to, uh, it talked like in the guide, like, oh, if you fail this, just restart and do the level over again. I'm, I was like, no, I'm not doing this 50 times to see if I get lucky on this no death achievement. So I gave up on that one. That one was, uh, rotating these blades on this clock uh, on a timer. And you know, like, it's confused. It's hard. If you can't see, if you can't see it, uh, it's, it's probably hard to explain. But the timer, if you don't, you're shooting these, I forget why you're hitting these things on this clock, and if you don't hit them fast enough, it spins the blade. The, the arms of the clock you're standing on are blades. You don't do it fast enough, the blade spins, and that's it. You've negated the achievement. Mm. Um, one that I... The third one... I may have them out of order. The third one is running along this train sequence when not getting not dying during the entire train sequence, which involves you... Uh, running along the top of a train and ducking under like overpass stuff, you gotta like walk, yeah. run, 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 duck. It flies past you. I got pretty far in that one actually. Almost wanted to try to do it, and I got kind of a, I got really far, like right close to the end of it. Ended up, it's like I think a part of the train hit me from the back or something like that, or I walked off a platform. Something dumb happened, and I was like, nah, I've had enough of this. And I can't remember what the fourth one was, but having one no dying achievement in the game is already a travesty. You can imagine having multiple especially in like a especially if you're gonna do something like this it would be like you should checkpoint for you walk into the room 
you know something like that you would yeah, think and if you die you just load your checkpoint and try again to, until you get the achievement but this is like redo an entire level the, the, the train thing was the entire train level the whole sequence is a train or monorail it's trains and the, you got to do the, the whole thing without dying on average how long were the levels were they like they were vastly different every level was like 20 or 30 minutes in some cases or less longer than that there's a oh god yeah, there's a there's a hospital level that takes a while. There's a this mansion, this really confusing mansion, which I got super lost in this mansion on my second go around. Because uh, the guy, I'm sure he was doing his best, but the guy was not on like uh, he was he was uh, on the second run through. He was explaining things like I should remember, like I should have memorized everything on my first run, and he was like giving me like pointers on where to go, and I was like I don't I don't know how to get there. <laughs> I need I need a more step by step thing here, so that was rough. See, it so was the, they're all the 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 difficulty of the levels and the length of levels is all all over the map. You never know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. So it was probably his favorite game that year, and he was expecting you to love it as much as he did. So yeah. he's like, oh, obviously, remember to turn left at the golden clock in the center of the room. <laughs> what? I, I don't know. I'm in a bathroom. I mean, any, anybody <laughs> who writes a guide for a game must like it quite a bit. Very I much. think he mentions liking it in the intro to the guide, but all of that said, gameplay-wise and stuff like that, I wasn't—I just really wasn't digging it. And you know, we play a lot of these walking, walking. You know, for, we, we play, we play some side scroll, we play some walking puzzle, walking games with puzzles and stuff like that, because it's just a usually a fair, fairly cheap genre to uh, mess around with. And there's a lot of TA guides for stuff like that. But I feel like these games have got to be shorter. Like the, the tedium of these. Of this genre, these first-person kind of puzzle games, there's either got to be really good writing or something like that, something to push you forward, or I can't say level variety because the game, the game, this game has a ton of level variety. Like you don't walk into the same place twice. There's like a um, jungle, hospital, army base, a haunted mansion, kind of. Forgetting everything. There's a lot more than this. There's like this. Uh, what if I'm mixing this up? There's another one. Oh, this is the. Is this the game? Ever see the game where I was? Time traveling in the apartment. Was that this game? Is that another game? I don't know anything about time traveling in an apartment. There's a game with an apartment. I feel bad if, if it was this game. There's a game where you're in an apartment and you hit this machine and you time travel. I honestly cannot remember if that was Soul Axiom or not. Mm-hmm. I think it. I don't remember any of the other characters being attached to that moment because a lot of these other, other pieces. So, uh, weirdly, a lot of the levels you're running through, like the weird, like the. Like the haunted mansion, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a space one, a space station level. Some of these weird levels are you're acting through or you're seeing through uh, the actresses, like you're playing out some of her movies, which would be clever and fun if the game was more interesting. But the haunted mansion is like you're watching stuff play out and you're moving things around and you get cut scenes that involve her uh, doing things. I think the army base is the might be the, the I think the politician used to be in the army like he's a, a veteran sense. so yeah. it would be a politician stuff like that I can't remember all the all the, off the top of my head I don't remember what the jungle thing was. the jungle might have been another movie but it's 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 weird because you're not because I don't think you know this stuff when you, right when you first start playing going through the levels or like this is confusing and then when you beat when you beat the level the first time you get a cut scene that's from the real world like people outside Elysium like doing stuff there's like a woman trying to sell Elysium and stuff like that to like a crowd you see um the girl this actress and the politician like hiding somewhere like kissing and then you see a uh science this other scientist 
you know, kicking the door and catch them. There's like a lot of weird things going on, but you get like half of a cutscene, and that's where it's like memory corrupted, and that's what triggers the whole replaying everything twice Ugh. to beat the corruption to get the rest of the cutscene. I feel um, the game we literally just played, and we we talked about it. Oh, oh, bring, get even had stuff like that with corrupted okay. memories and playing through, yeah. but that was. Uh, a little. It sounds like a little more fun. Had more. It sounds like it was more story driven. Yeah. And this was a lot of. I mean, aside from the, when you're in the levels, you're just a lot of, a lot of that's just playing out those movies and stuff like that. And there's no the only real cutscenes that are the story are when you beat a map. So and you get so there's really only that really only those cutscenes. So with all that, I guess we get here near the end of this where I you know, I say I didn't. I didn't complete this game. Yeah, why didn't you? Because I, <laughs> one, you got to beat it to get to the end parts. You'd have to, you'd have to beat it, not the whole game, but you use the save thing, and you would, you would say it would load, and you would uh, beat the game and do three different choices to see the three: the politician ending, the scientist ending, and the actor ending. Mm-hmm. So I'm already not enjoying the game on most of my playthrough. I get to the end, and I go to fight the the last boss, which is already a, really a not fun fight. It's like the one only two times you're actually fighting anything. That, that's yeah, going to be my yeah, question. You, you got, it's the only real, only real battle you have against anything. It's this weird... Uh, if you see the... Uh, if Blake will, Blake will post art for this, you'll see art of this weird angel thing. Mm-hmm. It's like this... I don't, maybe it's the protector of elite. I don't know what it is. It's a weird angel. And it flies in and decides... It. There's a lot of plot here of why it's there and stuff like that. But this angel wants to stop you from, I think, destroying Elysium or something like that. Is it like a, a like a, def- a defense mechanism or a defense measure that's programmed into it? That's, or? What, that's what it seems like. It's uh-huh. in Elysium. It flies up and you fight it. And it just involves uh, it trying to like blow you away, literally with like blowing, I guess, air, some lasers, and like throwing rubble at you. That's the other. That's the other not dying at you. And I couldn't remember is well, getting through the final boss fight without getting hit by anything. Because anything hits you, you die. So the fourth one was literally at the last boss, and if you don't get if you don't die, you get <laughs> another achievement. But anyway, so I beat the boss, uh, let's say twice, both times of which uh, the game just stopped. I assume beating the boss is supposed to trigger, like by, by video game stand, like you beat something, it triggers cut the next cutscene, but the game twice just stopped. Like the angel stopped attacking, it stopped moving. I can walk, I can run around the room, and nothing's happening. The music's playing, but nothing is happening. So I think the game was glitched in a way where it wasn't triggering the cutscenes. Either that, or I'm supposed to touch something. But I, I fired my little powers off all across the room and touched everything and tried to do everything I could to get this angel to do anything. But the guide was just like, you beat her, and then blah blah blah, and you make a choice. You make your final, you make your final choice for your ending and stuff like that. There wasn't a, a door, or you walk up to the the angel and like you interact with like its core or something. You no, it's just a big stone statue thing. So I'd, I'd have to. I mean, after poking around, I poked around for like ten minutes. Like I was like, really? Because I've and I already, I gave up on the no dying achievement. And fought the fought the boss for a while and die, you know got smashed a bunch of times. Eventually figured out you know, it's, just, it's just a matter of timing and getting around and yeah. destroying it. You, you got to keep hitting and destroy it, its face or whatever until it until it just gives up. You gotta move some stuff around the, some other stuff around the room to make things happen. It's a whole process that's not in any way fun, and you gotta think of the entire game that you you don't play through it 
the entire game twice, mm-hmm. and now you got to fight <clears throat> your only real battle in the. And all of a sudden, there's a real battle in the game. I I don't I don't like when games do that when you play through like half of it or more than half of it and they're like hey here's a brand new game mechanic that is really difficult to comprehend unless you spent the whole game learning how to do yeah, it I don't think I don't know if there was anybody to even teach you how to fight I mean granted the destroy power you have and literally you're just shooting like a like a like a laser out of your hand so it's kind of first person shootery but it's not responsive like a first person shooter it doesn't connect like in your when you're shooting at her, there's not like a like a really obvious like I'm hitting it, or there's no there's no tails that say like ooh it, it, something something's happening, which is like a red so I just beam. hide behind a pillar and jump out and just keep shooting her until she stops screaming at me because it like screams at you and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just kept doing that, so I ended up doing that twice. I re- reset the game, went over the boss fight, did that, I did it again. I gave it a fair shot, get the whole thing again, and it just stopped. And I was like, okay. I guess that's the end of this game. Did you Google that? Is that, is that a known glitch? Or? I didn't, dude, to tell you. you so didn't. Sometimes I would care about it getting one, you know. Something about this game. At that point, I was just like, I'm okay being done with this. I didn't enjoy the vast majority of this. I mean, I enjoyed some of the graphics and the levels and stuff. You, could, I did post a, real early in my playthrough, I posted a picture of this on our page of this weird weird blue magical looking tree looked kind of cool uh that was before i had played any part of the game and grew to dislike it over time (laughs) of just pure length i guess of what it was of what just just kind of drags its heels quite a bit so didn't beat it i guess that's i guess that's sort of my fault i I didn't i didn't google the is this a thing or i didn't google if i'm supposed to touch something else i was just honestly i was just tired of playing and i didn't even feel bad honestly for not beating it i'd give it a fair shot got quite a few i don't I haven't looked at it right now recently but i got quite a few of the achievements and stuff like that and i was quickly uh able to tell blake to don't even bother with this it's not worth the overall experience compared to the ending and stuff like that getting to the end and watching some of this stuff play out none of, none of the reveals of the plot of what's happening with the with the three main characters is like the scientist does something crazy, which I won't spoil here for anybody who decides they want to play. If they watch a trailer of the game, they want to play. Whatever, there's something the scientist does, which is kind of messed up hmm. to the other 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 two people. And I don't know what the endings are. I don't know. I don't know what what resolves in the in the three endings that it wasn't able to complete it. Maybe if somebody else who listens has played it, you can spoil the endings for me. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not going to look them up. That's fair. Doesn't sound. I mean, again, I'm, the way you made it sound to begin with, I'm glad I didn't you wouldn't have. play it. You would have got frustrated with quite a few things. There's a lot of a lot of puzzle things throughout that was just like, and then had to had to do some of them again. You're like, I just I just I don't want. You know, you play a game sometime and you're doing something. And you're just like, I, I have no interest in doing this a first time, much less again. Yeah, you know, it's like it was, they didn't have people play test the game. I think people play test every game, and I just don't understand how how things get by. Maybe it's I don't know if if companies can always afford to have like a unbiased unbiased. But I don't know if there is I don't know the industry enough to know if if there's if it's always got to be if if a company can only afford in house testing and stuff like that or anything like that. But I feel like you need like somebody outside the outside the company to play parts and be like, hey man, this is this is not fun, and this playing stuff twice. It's not a good idea. No. Like, 
it's really, really a bad idea to have to play through parts twice in any video game. I understand that certain video games, you have to put in, like, a bad thing. A bad ending? No, not a bad ending, but a lot of game. The only one I can think of off the top of my head right now is I love Dead Space. Dead Space 1. I hated the first-person shooter elements when you're trying to shoot the giant monsters on the... It was attacking the Ishimura. I hated that part. With the turrets? Yeah. Everybody, just, everybody hated the turrets. But I think most games give you one part to hate. Like, they know it's not fun, but it makes the rest of the game shine a lot brighter. You think they purposely put? You think developers purposefully put in things that pe- they know people are going to hate? It wouldn't surprise me. It just seems so... With budgets and stuff like that, and the time crunching, it just seems like such an odd... I mean, I have no other explanation for... Besides, they might think stuff is fun when it's not fun. But that happens in a lot of video games where everyone's every, like, oh, every, yeah. every game I play has something stupid in it. But a lot of people, when it comes to certain things, everyone, oh, man, I hated that part. Oh, yeah, man, I hated that part, too. Like, it's maybe it's to help build the community by giving something that everyone can hate together. Same thing with TV shows. I don't, th- I don't think anybody plans anything ahead that far. With TV shows, like, they make characters for you to hate. That's TV. So his bonding experience, you get, you can all hate together. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe I'm putting more thought into it, but it just seems weird that that is a that thing. The cost of de- I think that's the cost of developing things wouldn't wouldn't pan out. Now, like say the turrets on Dead Space, that's development cost. That's whole new things. This this game was replaying the same level, like reusing the same assets, reusing all the same everything, and adding like one extra room sometimes. Now you would walk into a door, and you end up. I forgot to mention that part. When you get into the thing, you enter into an, another puzzle area. There's a whole other puzzle to do, uh, which I was, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And uh, I, don't know, I mentioned before, I don't even like puzzle games. I follow a guide. If, if, if a guide's a puzzle game and, and there's no guide for it, we check usually to buy things. We check if there's a guide for a guide for a puzzle game. I'm not playing. I have no interest in proving to a game how smart I am by beating it. Like I just, I don't have. I'm just hoping some of these games, some of these puzzle games, have a, like a cool thing to see, or maybe maybe there is a clever puzzle that plays out. And I was like, man, that was dope, you know. But I hope for stories and visuals and stuff like that when I play a uh, a game that's built around kind of its main gameplay mechanic is solving puzzles. I may not be a smart man, but I know what fun is. Is that a, is that a direct quote? No, it was. I know what love is, but we're talking about fun in video games and puzzles. And I yeah. thought it was a good one. Oh boy, I don't. Let me see. I don't have anything else to add. Yeah, that covers everything that I I wrote down. Uh, I don't think unless you really like puzzles and you want to risk uh, not being able to beat a game, maybe Google it before you buy it. And look, you know, watch a uh, a gameplay trailer. This seems weird to say that. Uh, I don't know if you t- discussed it before. We are we're avidly against movie trailers avidly that doesn't translate to video games i don't feel like video games are real are a very visual medium a very visual yeah very visual medium and if really enough a lot of game trailers don't show gameplay one well one <laughs> one of the worst thing yeah they don't show gameplay that's that's the, that's that's a different story but i don't feel like a lot of games even show Major like they show plot, I guess sometimes, but I guess games are so big that they they can. It's easy to pick smaller pieces to show without spoiling a game. Yeah. So I'm not really we're not really against uh, game 
game, game trailers. Cause we could we, we decide whether or not to buy a game a lot of times just by looking at it. It'll, it'll be like a the Xbox sales, Xbox sales, or a, you know, and then we'll look at the sales and then compare the game to the TA and depending on what kind of game it is, we'll we'll buy it right away. And we're quick to turn down ninety nine percent of side scrolling platformers, all bullet hell games. What if something we we turn off immediately? Usually side scroller beat 'em ups as well. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't bother. There's so many side scrollers beat 'em up games like Streets of Rage and stuff like that. We just don't don't even bother with them. So stuff like that, which you usually figure out from a trailer. I mean, no matter how, say a game's got a really low, like a really low difficulty for for achievements. Uh, I don't care how low it is. I I just I don't want to play another side scrolling platforming game unless it look, unless it looks incredibly unique, kind of like I guess Forgotten Anne and stuff like that's technically a side scrolling platformer, but it looks incredibly unique. I know a lot of companies tried to make unique visuals and stuff like that. Uh, I just can't always get into it. I'll, and we I guess sometimes we miss out on really critically acclaimed games like. Uh, we got Celeste, you know, Xbox TV Celeste for free. And uh, Celeste is supposedly amazing, but I watched a gameplay trailer for Celeste and I was like, there's no chance in hell I'm playing this. No. I don't care what the story is. There's no no way I'm going to play this. And then uh, everybody, uh, we have a, it, it'll be on one of our Gamefly episodes. It will be uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Is that the one? I think so. Really, really popular. Just released a sequel, Ori in the Will of Wisps. Really, really popular side scrollers. I just did. I didn't like it. Match. I didn't like it when I was playing it in the beginning. I just don't care for it. One, it was extremely difficult for no. The first game was extremely difficult for no reason. Apparently, the second game is even harder. I'm like, whoop de doo. I'm not gonna do it. And I had another thought of something else. It was popular. Huh. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent on the why. Why we can maybe think game trailers are okay because it makes you quickly decide. Because when it comes to games, you kind of know what you like. And we branch out quite a bit on games, but we avoid those kind of genres like the plague. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that's all for this game. Uh, Blake didn't play it, of course. I, I saved him the trouble of playing it. I did spend money on this game. Uh, I must have looked at the uh, maybe. A, <laughs> A misleading trailer of the game might have looked good in the trailer. It looked neat moving around and stuff like that, and got me to spend a few dollars on it. Um, and, uh, if anybody else plays it, let me know if you think it's better than what I said. Maybe I just maybe you enjoy puzzles more than I do, or the the plot line sounds better to you. I say I think I feel like I saved like the trouble of not bothering with this game. The, the second game? Uh, I can, yes. Our our second game, it was, uh, we, were, we were trying to find something co-op we could play because we realized we hadn't played anything kind of co-op in a long time. Yeah, we never went back. We had an early episode, Monster Hunter. We uh, we have not played Monster Hunter since before we did that. We, we did an episode early in the, the podcast, and we've still yet to go back to Monster Hunter. The game is just so daunting. We kind of fell off the bandwagon on that one. So the game we're tackling 
it's oddly enough uh its sequel came out recently and we got to get it for free through uh playstation being playstation plus members yeah well the first game not the sequel. The, the first game and we played neo Also known as Samurai Souls. I guess unless Sekiro takes well, that Sekiro's title. Ninja Souls, because you're definitely a ninja in that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Neo is uh, developed by Team Ninja. If you don't know who Team Ninja is, they're responsible for the DOA series. Uh, ninja Gaiden. You know, crazy games. As well as more recently, they actually did a... Uh, Kind of like, I think it's a Musou style, but of uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. They did that as well. They did Fire Emblem Heroes? Mm-hmm. They developed I they it. Only did, I thought the only TV engine only did stuff kind of like, I guess Neo branches off, but they're mostly known for their... DOA-verse stuff. Yeah, kind of like, well, because Ninja Gaiden's so popular for being difficult more than anything. I thought that's more or less all that all they did. I didn't know they did a, a Musou game. Yeah. Seems out, seems out of... Uh, uh, out of the lane. I can't think of the word. Maybe, because everything does seem to be like. I want to see more like a tech, more like a technical fighting company. Like I guess DOA. No, I'm not a fan. DOA is a tech, like like real. Mm-hmm. Gotta be. You can get good at it. Like same thing with Ninja Gaiden. You can. You gotta get good at it. Like a Muso, you just mash on buttons and stuff dies. Very much so. Anyway, let's step into Neo. It is. A Souls-like, Dark mm-hmm. Souls, uh, Demon Souls, the like. Because Souls is a genre now, more than just a game. I didn't hate the uh, the sword fighting mechanics or the the battle the combat system. It was a very uh, it's clean, very clean. I will say it was. I don't normally I'm, I, games like this. I tend to do like magic or be a spear user. Mm. The magic for me wasn't super potent. I wish I'd maybe experimented with that you, a little more. You ever get to? I got one or two spells, but they're so limiting. Yeah. I just. I throw a fireball or something. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, it was one of the few times I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, two-handing a giant axe though. <laughs> yeah. Flipping in on that axe was very fun. Yeah. It was very fun combat. Once you got the hang of it, it, it was, was pre- very it's fun. Pre- it's pretty fun, I guess. We um. I guess we, we led with the episode saying we, we didn't beat this game. We actually, I don't want to say for 100% certainly that we won't go back to it, to be honest. Uh, we were a little, uh, not, bo- we're not we're not stuck. We were a little uh, more or less annoyed by the systems in play and what it takes to, uh, to do co-op. To even do co-op in the game is is a handful. And it was, it was a wearing thing. We played it. Two or three weekends in a row, we kind of we kind of dug deep into it and got through, got through some. Quite, I feel like we did a pretty good little clip, little, little piece of it. We jumped. I don't know how many maps there are. If you, if you play the game, we jumped to the next map. I think there are three second. continents, and we jumped to the second, second one. Continent. So we we got a pretty good taste of the the game as a whole. We were just wore out by the the mostly was the the online mechanics. I think more than anything was it was kind of draining. We wanted to play it together, and you kind of can't play it together unless you've already beat a level like it's very, i know you're like what, what the hell does that mean like it's, it's really hard to explain maybe blake can explain a little better one of our 
main things because like i said earlier we wanted something we could play co-op with mm -hmm. and i thought it would be kind of jump in jump out similar to that of the dark souls of bloodborne where i could just kind of you know drop a sign or ring a bell and we could come in and we could you know work and, and uh, even like, like i say even the newer newer souls games that worked in the password feature which neo has a password feature yeah so like oh this will be super easy but we could we could not join one another's games until one of us had beaten the boss but that was exactly the opposite of what we wanted to do we wanted to work our way together yeah and experience the level together not play through, through it on our own it was play through it again with somebody you know play through with a stranger it was counterintuitive to what we were wanting to do so maybe it's what's i'm looking for not child it's like i just think how dare this company not make a game to our exact specifications i know gosh dang it <laughs> i am filled with a righteous fury <laughs> aside from that uh we were because we were able to jump in it, we were able to do what we wanted to well, with of. strangers jumping in and out of other people's games um, were we able to so you couldn't on a new map a map you haven't been to yet you could not could you randomly join randoms even though you hadn't played that map yet? If you had access to the level, you can join a stranger. Why couldn't? See, because there were two types. So confusing. There were two types of yeah. joining mechanic. There's a join mechanic where you are each your own separate individual. Mm -hmm. You could only do and that. That person could touch stuff and move things and open doors. With that, with that version, right? Mm -mm. That's a different one. Oh, well, you're two. You, you have a host, and then you have a guest. And you have your own separate life bars. The guest can't interact with anything, but the host can open up treasure chests and stuff like that, and the guest can collect items, can collect items and fight. Mm -hmm. uh, but if the guest dies, there's nothing that harms the host. And so you can do that way, but you can only play that way if you've beaten the boss and you can go back to older levels, mm. then there's a thing called companions where you guys play together as two actual hosts in a single game. And each of you can interact with everything and you can die a couple of times, but you share a bar. And if that bar runs out, it's game over for everybody. Yeah. doesn't matter. Even if you die awful and that bar empties and there's still a person alive and functioning trying to fight the boss, it's, over. it's game over. And you could play the companions no matter what. But if you wanted to do, to bring a friend in, like bring an actual friend in, not a random, then someone, either you or your friend would have had to have beaten the boss. I know this is a huge, very, long it's, tangent. It's not, not even that. It's, it's confusing talking about it. It's confusing me again. And I've played the game. We've already did this. We've, we've fought the system, tried this way, tried that way, tried with randoms, tried passwords. We did all this. I'm getting confused again as he's trying to explain how it works. And it, it's crazy. It's so, I wonder if they've, I, one, I don't know if people complained because I, I, who knows if Neo fans or even Dark Souls or even the same Dark Souls fans, if it's the same people, yeah. maybe Neo fans didn't struggle with it. I don't know. I wasn't. I'm not. In, I'm not in the Neo community. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't follow the game really when it came out and stuff like that. I played the. Uh, <laughs> I played the original beta when it came out and like died in like the first few minutes, and then I, I didn't play it no more. I think you played the beta all the way through. We liked the beta. I yeah. thought we played all the way through the boss. Like you you played me all the and. Boss. You, me, and Sean, I thought. 
Maybe, but I didn't. I died real early. I mean, maybe you and John played more than I did. I think you played way through the original, the original years ago, the original beta. Yeah. I didn't get all the way through it. I was like, because I didn't like the, uh, which we can talk about here in a minute. When we talk about the other mechanic. I didn't. I don't really care for the stances, the weapon stances. I don't think. I think it's just an added complication. But anyway, so that's the. Uh, we're going to talk about other things now. So that's the just the the general, among the other other thing we're going to say here in a minute, which is was just more of a. A game, a, a, a gameplay gripe, but that that main mechanic of us wanting to play the game together, and it being so much easier in other games of this genre, it was just this is too complicated, and it was just like it was a constant work just trying to get into the same game. It would take so long to get it worked out that you just did, I, we'd play like an hour just trying to get it to work out, and I was like, I don't want to play anymore. And then when we get it to work out. Just like any Dark Souls, you one stumble, you accidentally run out of MP, or an enemy counters you and you die, and you're like, oh, okay, well that was a, we played for ten minutes and wasted thirty trying to get into a game together. Yeah, that just happens in the genre anyway. So what? That, it, that wasn't helping. It, it it eats at your soul. It's not fun. So the other, I'll let Blake talk about for a minute. The other thing that we, other thing we didn't like, which is more of a, it's just us being Dark Souls fans more than anything. Maybe you know if we hadn't played. If we hadn't played Dark Souls games before this, we wouldn't even notice the, the, the way the level design works. Yes. The way anything uh, with Demon Souls, Dark Souls, one, two, the Souls genre. Yeah, and Bloodborne. They're a massive world, and they're usually a pretty amazing experience. Except for Dark Souls 2. And as you work your way through, uh, you beat a boss, and that boss gives you a special key, then you get to unlock a a cage door that gives you a shortcut back to like the first. Sometimes it's as simple as like you said, kicking down a ladder. And kicking down a ladder or getting onto an elevator and it triggers the elevator to be fully functioning the rest of the game that it can take you back mm-hmm. to old places and it just, this whole, lab, not labyrinth, but this whole huge, yeah, whoa, whoa. yeah. Labyr- labyrinthine, is that the word? Labyrinthine yeah. things just built on top of each other. And it's a beautiful and it's so fun to explore and find these shortcuts. Now, Neo does do this there are uh, ladders you can kick down you can dump over buckets of water to put out fires to create which, a short which was a new one that i actually kind of liked that was cool but you find you realize people just people got tired of kicking over buckets you saw you saw a lot of random players just running through the fire and putting the fire out yes and the reason of, of, of themselves not like they just run through the fire if you roll you put the fire out in your body and they, they just heal themselves and keep on running they're like i ain't got time for this because, well, because, actually because people keep running through the fire because of the thing we don't like. I'm sorry. So what happens is each area is uh, it's level-based. It's no longer a giant world. You have a, a level where you start at the beginning, you work your way through, you fight the boss, and you're done. The game has a world map. So if you want to go back into that level, it is completely reset. Everything you did is null and, point, null and void. Which I found we found out after the fact, which is why I noticed a bunch of people were just shotgun, not shotgun, and just shooting straight through yeah. the levels. Like, like I said, the fire example is you have to work your way up a building, around all this thing, kick a bucket down a water tower to spill it. Yeah. But most people found a strategy that if they kick <laughs> a barrel of water and then make themselves the drenched status effect. They can run through the fire and not take any damage. Well, that's one. You told me you saw people just running through on fire. Oh, yeah. People would just like, dash roll it. through and then heal up and call it a day because they didn't want to waste the time. They were here to farm experience. Yeah. 
And that was one of the things that that has infuriated infuriated us the most. I feel like um, I don't know if infuriated is the word. It was uh, maybe let down. The first time you open the very first level, you open a few shortcuts, a few things, kick a few ladders, do a few things, and we beat the level. And we're like, let's let's come back and run through it again. Like you, you get you get other missions in the same level, which is other nonsense. Just running around killing things. We go back in there. We know where we want to go, and you turn, you make, you make a turn, and the ladder's up again. And we're just like, oh. And right then, you kind of realize that it's not a persistent world like the like the Souls games do. Like it's it is level based, and they don't save anything. Every, everything resets, and you're just like, what a drag. There's, I, and that's an opening level. One of the later levels is you start at one quote unquote bonfire, run a huge part of the level to come around, and you open a door. Right beside you, and the the raining the raining level, mm-hmm. it's raining. You open the door right there to that bonfire, which would be it's a fantastic shortcut. Oh, one you go one of the best. That. Yeah, and you go fight the the lightning thing. There's a great shortcut right there, and then we you leave the level, leave the level, and come back, and the door's closed. It's just it's kind of needless. I mean, even if the game did, if the, even if the developer didn't want to do a full full blown world, like Dark Souls does, I feel like they could have. Uh, at least let at least let the stuff save exactly. Yeah, have a would it a stat? No, static means unchanging. Yeah, yeah. Because once you've changed it, it shouldn't revert back. Yeah, so it would it, just stay in, in its new in its new form. So that's just um, that's just us being spoiled by a better quote, quote unquote better game. People do like Neo. I have a lot of we have friends like that. It kind of swear like hey Neo, give in the genre of game of people who make games make Souls like games now. Uh, Neo was only one one that kind of stands up with the close to the Soul series as a, but I think that's more of a gameplay thing because we've played Lords of the Fallen, Urge, The Surge, and you played that gun. I played a gun one recently, which was a GameFly game that I sent back. Uh, we'll bring that around in a couple episodes. I think it'll be top of the list. But uh, when it comes to gameplay and stuff like that, and a game just being fun and interesting and. and not even fun and interesting. A game that plays, that feels like it plays good. Uh, Neo was probably the closest you'll come to a Souls game because Lords of the Fallen felt all kinds of wrong to me when I was playing Lords of the Fallen. It just didn't feel right. Uh, Surge was much faster. I feel like than a lot of the other maybe not. I don't know if it was Blood. I don't know if it was Bloodborne fast, but it was quicker. Surge felt kind of okay. Surge is actually the same developer. I forget their name. Something Dex, something I forget their name. The name of the company who did they did Words of the Fallen, then they did Surge, and now okay. they've done Surge too. Yeah, I remember hearing good things about Surge too. But boy, and we're and we're big babies because of uh, both Words of the Fallen and Surge games are completely single player. <laughs> yeah, we can't co-op those. But anyway, as it com- comes to quality of game and stuff like that, or, or designing combat, because the key component of, of this genre is the way the combat feels. I feel I feel like maybe Neo. Is probably the closest. That could just be me liking swords and stuff like that. There's a lot of swords, and the guns are actually not half like you know rifles and and bow and arrows, which aren't bad. That was a very cool part. Uh, headshots felt good. mattered, yeah. and were beautiful. I felt like uh, Akitasha from Princess Mononoke <laughs> shooting heads off. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Merka, a samurai who's running at you, or yeah. he's on a bridge not paying attention, and his yeah, yeah. The headshots were wonderful. Um, but like, so the combat does feel good. You have it's like you know you have your HP and you have a standard bar, 
key. It's called key, whatever. But you do have an ability to uh, kind of like, not the same. Uh, in Bloodborne, if you take a hit in Bloodborne and you attack rapidly back at Bloodborne, you can actually heal your life back. To a certain extent. To a certain yes. extent. Neo has that, but for, for Stanima, <laughs> sort yeah. of, in a way. You have to hit an additional button. So you have to attack and then press an additional button and you'll glow and your stamina bar comes back a lot faster. It was called a, a key pulse, but you could also think of it as a, a, a almost like a rapid reload from gears because it was a yeah, it was so, a time so, so thing. much harder so much harder to time in the scheme of things well i'm sure if we were better at the game we could well maybe i'm sure there's some epic players out there that are oh yeah incredible at this game because it's we... essentially what this uh, it's called a key pulse essentially what it does is it gives you infinite stamina so if you're timing your stuff correctly you, you can keep on, keep on attacking you can yeah never stop hitting somebody yeah, which never, would we, come in handy we never got that good at that no so it has that, which is kind of interesting. And the one thing that I didn't like as an added, I, I call it an added complication, was, was weapon stance. You have a default normal stance, which is, and then a high and a low stance. So you got three stances you can swap through, and each of the stances actually fight differently for every weapon type. I don't know how many weapon types there are in the game. We, we went through quite a few. There's eight or nine, maybe. Uh, hold on, let me just kind of... Let's not list them all okay. out. But uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of uh, weapon types, and they all, like, literally the high, medium high, normal, and low stances all have different combos, different moves, and different ways they work, which I guess is kind of is kind of cool. Like, it's actually cool to have that much... Uh, it's like a rock, paper, scissors element. A little bit, except they all they all kind of work. I mean, I do maybe sometimes a certain stance would be a little better. Like, a certain stance is a little faster, maybe. I would just like to just pick a weapon and just go to town. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, cause you have stances and so did your enemies. So if an enemy is using a high stance, you can use a high stance and y'all kind of almost counter each other. Well, that's how it's supposed to be, is enemies shared stances, or they had their own, but they didn't swap up like you can, good. Are they not? Mm -hmm. I, don't I don't remember even paying attention to enemies having stances, to be honest. I noticed a few. I know not you fought the, uh, what do you call them, the shadows? Mm -hmm. you do this does have the... Um, I don't know if Dark Souls had this. Dark Souls had the when, when people died, you watched their you watched their deaths. This had like a shadow of a so and so died nearby. It tells you how they died, but what killed them. But then you summon them, and it summons an AI version of a player character that attacks you. And if you kill them, you have a chance of getting a piece uh, of their stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of cool. It's kind of neat. They are uh, excessively difficult. Is that the right word? Like. Very much. It's yeah. getting wrecked by, like, see, you're running around level, in the beginning of the game, running around level 15, 20, 25 level character. You see a guy somewhere who, like, on a beach, who clearly ran off into the water and died like a moron at level 5. And you summon his little spirit, and, like, the spirit just opens the biggest can of whoop-ass you've ever seen in a video game on you. And, you're, and you die, and you're like, what just happened? He bends you over the barrel and shows you the 50 states. Did you say that last episode? Yes. Because it's, it's a thing. It's not a thing. It is now. Anyway. Did you like the stances? I, I, I was not... I get changing them and stuff like that for different situations. I was cycling up and down on my, on my stances while I was playing. I just... I could have done without it. Likewise, it... Because for me... I, though you're changing the stances was supposed to be advantageous if I picked a spear I'm like 
Yeah, I under I understood that like the low stance was faster, the high stance was slower, but I had more de- defense because I could block with my spear yeah. shaft. But at the same time, I'm like I prefer how I move and my move set with this one. So I never bothered with mid or low. I tried them, didn't like them. Same thing with the axe. That's weird. So you played mostly. I, so I wasn't watching your character. You played mostly high stances. I played high stance with the axe because that's that's the only way to do that flip, that flip combo, okay, and I see, love the flip combo. I didn't combo. play any. I didn't play any high stances. None, I used two weapons: the sword and the the kadachi. What, what was that? The kadachi, like it's a monster hunter. That that a a blade attached Kur, to a chain. Kurasagani, something like that. I played both. I played those two weapons. I always played mid to low stances with, with those. The axe, I always played high, and with the spear, I uh, played mid. I didn't like the high because I couldn't do one of the moves, and the low, he was a little more. He held he held the spear in one hand and was a little more flourishy with it, yeah. but it also left him way more open to attacks. And I preferred with the mid stance. The flourishes did more hits, though. Maybe, but that's also why I used the twin blades oh, yeah. to keep to keep my DPS up. The, We've the, said the, a lot of like semi-negative things, but we do praise the combat. The combat is it's fluid, it's fine. So the the general. Atmosphere. Atmosphere is fine. Oh, the game is. For with lead, uh, the game is Japanese. Uh, there's no, there's no English, audio really. Is there like that? Does dude speak Japanese? I can't remember the main guy. The main character's name is uh, William Adams. Yeah, you are playing as a, a white dude. <laughs> oh, I know. You you could tell your part. He's apparently a real guy. The one of the cool things about stories like this, uh, that I enjoy, where they splash enough real and fantasy they splash together similar to Onimusha mm-hmm. where like a lot of the people in that were real people yeah they just weren't fighting demons same thing with this as far, one as far as we know same thing with this is you play a, a gentleman known as uh, William Adams and he from what little research I did do it's based on he's a real dude he's an Irish fisherman and he crash landed in Japan and real life he became what was known as a Western samurai, a Westerner who was given enough. He he was respectful enough and so like renown, or they they don't care about renown. Is it more of a? It's all respect. Man. It's all respect, from my understanding. And he did good by them to the point that the the shogun of the territory he was in presented him with his two swords. I forget what the actual names of the swords, like the Wakizashi and the Daisake, or something like that. Presented him the swords and said, to, he's like, today, William Adam dies. And his name was Ajin Mihura hmm. is born. He was given a name. Yeah. And he actually rose fairly high to a, he became a Hatamoto, which is a, a bannerman. And it's apparently a very high, prestigious uh, role to have where he was. So he actually got... Of his own merits and stuff like that. Yeah, he was a very good man. And I think from what I could do, like five people through history, from my understanding, have beginning of the title Western Samurai. And that's it. That's cool. Him. And this, he, so, and this follows th- part, that, parts and pieces of known part like of history. I was not following the story at all. Apparently, it's his actual story. Okay. But with a few added things in. Because, again, they involved real life people mm-hmm. uh, he has an ally who's a known ninja dude is that, that the ninja guy yeah Hitori Hanso mm-hmm. he's a very known figure uh, of Japanese 
lore or I won't say mythology, but lore for sure. And in this particular game, two very big members of the Western society, of the English society, a gentleman known as John D., who you don't find out because I, I actually read a bit of the story because I wanted to be like, see, give me a like, do I want to go back and play this? I'm like, this story sounds kind of cool. Yeah, but as I said, even if the story is cool, I wasn't putting stuff together while we were playing, to be honest. Like it, it jumps around, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, you'll be like fighting somebody in a cave and fighting some bad guys in a cave. You beat the cave, and the next cutscene, you're in like a mansion talking to some people. And I'm just like, what? With a cat with an eye patch. Drinking sake, telling you how bad his day was. Yeah, you see, you see that's a little spirit thing. Yokai, yokai. Yeah, that's the actual term, and they use it in the game. The yokai. Yeah, you see, you see them all, all but but it's just the the jumping around from like being in a certain area to the next cutscene. There's a bunch of people around you. Like you go to one place, and it's just demons all over the place. And you go to this in the next cutscene, you're just sitting somewhere nice, talking to people, drinking and eating. And I'm just, I just couldn't follow the, I couldn't follow the narrative. Yeah. So. Two of the antagonists, one is, a, he's the main antagonist at the very beginning. His name is uh, Edward Kelly. He's the main antagonist, a real historical figure. He's the dude who created the mythologized Philosopher's Stone. That's actually him. That, that's his storyline in real life. Like he, like he made it up? Or he I, he may have made it. He's the creator of the Philosopher's Stone. It's like magic, though, isn't it? I mean, it's been years, but I'm sure it would probably meant something else, but it's been... Change, change hyperbole to death yeah and then the person above him the reason he's the man antagonist we might get more of this guy in neo 2 maybe this dude is named john d he edward kelly works for him but john d is actually the lead consultant advisor to queen elizabeth the hmm. first and he's the one who sent edward over there to catch uh the ability to live forever basically which is what leads, leads to the philosopher's stone and all that stuff yeah is that in the game? Is all that in the game? Yeah, apparently. Because we're just like running around villages killing monsters. Mm-hmm. I don't... The monsters... Yeah. Uh, confused by that. Well, it, it they try to do a... Uh, I can't remember his first name, but Miyazaki from Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne. His style of story where it's like a lot of the stories and the description of weapons and little pieces... Of lore, you did they find. try that Neo? I think they did because how sporadic the story was told. You, you you get a story at the beginning of the mission. I wonder if and they, at the end, but nothing in the middle. I wonder if they were expecting you, maybe expecting people to be familiar with the story. If, like if he's a real guy, maybe people who play the game will be some fans, probably who are who know some who he is, would be excited to uh, play a game based on a, a real guy like that, like. Panophiles or something like that, or or the game just being popular in Japan. People who know who he is. True, very true. It's just completely completely lost on us. I do have uh, a few cool little pieces of information. Yeah. Uh, the dude who did the voice work for William Adams, he actually did. It. He, I think he spoke in English. Mm-hmm. His name was uh, Ben Peel. Oddly enough, he'd actually done work. He did voice work in Vampire. Mm-hmm. He was uh, McCullum, the leader of the Night Watchmen, the guy who you fight in that room with the light, with the, light, with, the, with, the with all the UV, UV lights. lights. Yeah, that he he he's his voice actor. That fight sucked. Yeah. Let's see a few other small things. The game itself was actually it's fairly popular. It sold uh, two point five million copies worldwide. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
original sequel. Yeah. Original production of this game was uh, started on the PS3 in 2004. Whoa. And it was uh, it. I, I bet. I feel like maybe this game wasn't even wasn't even originally intended to be a Souls like. I bet it was leaning more towards a being a Ninja Gaiden game. I bet. I don't think it was because it says it's gone through several renditions and rewriting, but mm-hmm. its original in 2004, its original concept was it was actually based on an unfinished Akira Kurosawa script. Hmm. It's supposed to be a movie, but uh, Kurosawa died before it was finished. And they're like, well, no one wants to make an unfinished thing. Let's finish it and turn it into a cool video game. And But it's been... A long time to come out. Because well, it... It, technically, it began pre-production in 2004, and the game didn't come out officially until February 2017. That's a pretty big product, uh, pre-production hell or limbo, whatever you want to call it. That's a lot. I, I didn't know it was. It that said bad it went through. It says it went through four renditions. See, that's something. I, I, I tell you, I bet, I bet there was a, a genre shift because, like, I don't know that whatever the whatever the time frames are for Souls games because. That game may have started development before Souls games, and all of a sudden that genre become, becomes a genre. And they're like, wait a minute, we could do that. Scrap everything. Because I'm thinking, like, Demon Souls. I don't know for sure, but I feel like I played that late 2000, Demon, 2007, Demon, maybe? Man, without Googling, we, we, yeah, I, I don't really want know to the, the time frame. I feel like I the, the Demon, Demon Souls game, the, the genre at least, would have had an impact on the, on the development of that game. It would, it would have changed course, because it's very... Very leans heavily into the gameplay and stuff like that of the Souls games. Demon Souls came out in February two thousand nine, mm. but in North America it came out October two thousand and nine. So yeah, so, two thousand four, five years later. Oh crap! <laughs> yeah. Even then, but even even then, Demon Souls like not, uh, the Souls didn't really get peak popularity until, until Dark Dark Souls. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know Neo was in development hell for so long. I'm surprised the game even made it out. That explains why there hasn't been any <laughs> Dead or Alive games or any uh, any new Ninja Gaiden games. There was no new Ninja Gaiden games at all. This whole generation, there hadn't been one. The last one was Ninja Gaiden Black on the ported from the X. I think from the original Xbox to the 360, got a port of Ninja Gaiden Black. And that's it. Well, I think they've also been working on other stuff. Just, in, just, I think to try to expand their, their portfolio, maybe because didn't Team Ninja do one of the Devil May Cry's? Not Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. Okay, Ninja. I'm not entirely Ninja, crazy, but the Ninja's Ninja. all mixed up. Yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of cool little information to That's throw crazy. in. Crazy. I didn't know it was like that. Getting back to the game, I guess. Sorry, one guys. Of, we go on tangents. Uh, one of the. Uh, other things we didn't really care for, and, it, and this is typical for the genre in itself, is. And I think it was more so in this game that it had excessively difficult bosses. Yeah. We could coast to the level of murdering every, Like We got to a groove where we're getting around even the weird, and there's bigger, there's little demons, there's bigger demons, stuff like that. You kind of, in all kinds of different, I don't even think flying. I don't think there's these or the other, you find all kinds of weird stuff, but you get into a flow in the genre. And you start flying, and you flying through it. You start memorizing the level, you're sprinting, you're dodging, you're blocking, whatever, and hitting this guy. You got a gun, I whip it out, pop a guy. A lot of this cool stuff all have you get into a good flow. And these these bosses, even the first boss, you're like you run into a freaking wall, and like show you that you just don't you just don't know what you're doing. No, even the very first boss, I feel like it like it was like whoa. 
Like, like you, like you run through a whole map, you run into the boss, and it's you hear about that kind of stuff in the Soul series. Like, you do a whole thing, you walk into a room in the ball, and the Souls game boss is like, one hit, you're dead. Which could happen, I guess, sometimes in the game. I don't know, or uh, people feel like it, or people feel like it was that way, and it wasn't exactly true. People maybe exaggerate. I felt like that in Bloodborne, like Bloodborne going to a boss room, and the boss hit me one time, and the fight was just over. I guess it was done for. And but Bloodborne had really aggressive bosses, I feel like. But anyway, this this is kind of the same thing. I think these bosses just hit too hard for for balancing purposes. Maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I wasn't good enough getting getting out of the way. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? How many how many bosses we fight? Four or five, six bosses? We fought the dude with the two wrecking balls. Yep. The crazy fast chick in the cave. Mm-hmm. The Lightning Beast looked. By the way, all the bosses look awesome. Like everything yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, everything, yeah, visually, we didn't talk about graphics or anything like that, but we'll, we can we can get back around to that. The game the game looks fine. It looks beautiful, but then you, the Lightning Beast, mm-hmm. and then there, there was one easy boss in the entire week that we fought with a little samurai dude in the ruins. He was like the ghost samurai. Yeah, or something. he was actually he was like actually, a possessed spirit. He was well, well no, wait. Okay, yeah, he was easy because I was like a copy of him. But then you do that mission where you fight the real dude, and he's like, no, yeah, on, hazard blade beam on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the hilltop." Yeah, that was a nightmare. I, yeah, he's just like, "Hey, he just yeah. murdered you." Yeah, it was not a fun it was time. Bad. Um, and then the because the centipede wasn't so bad. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. He wasn't bad once you figured out you could stop that poison mist and stuff. Yeah, whole level of poison ain't that fun. Now. I don't know. Maybe it's a balancing thing. Maybe I just sucked at Neo. I feel like, but this first boss, you're inside a really kind of an enclosed area, surrounded by crates and stuff like that. Which he he ends up breaking the crates. The longer the fight goes on, but his reach is incredible. He's way faster than he should be. He's strong, like like so powerful. Like you, like it's is it's get hit and die a lot some some bits of the time, or get hit once and you better somehow get out of the way and heal, and. Uh, and there's a lot of us, two of us in the fight sometime, you know, and trying to survive. There's also, this is a different, we, we, we spoke earlier, it's a different style. When you play the Dark and Demon Souls, it is sword and shield. Like, I can block stuff. You can block in this game. Not, you still take damage, though. It's not 100% block because you, you only have your weapon. Yeah. So the game... I guess living off of Bloodborne style is it's supposed to be more action packed. You're supposed to be on the move constantly, which is maybe if we got better at the key pulse, which I I'm not really good at it in general. Well, speaking of the key pulse, because you could be dodging constantly, and but the key pulse also, well, that, if you get the demons have this dark miasma stuff they put out, like all the, the demon, well, the bigger demons have it, and this is dark miasma crap on the ground. If you're if you're standing in the miasma, 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 your your key your stamina <clears throat> recharges slower, but you can key what's it what's it called key pulse. You can key pulse if you key pulse correctly inside those things. You can dissipate those things. But if you're trying not to, you're rapidly trying not to get slaughtered by a boss. And almost like everywhere he steps, he's just spreading the miasma across the whole. A map you're standing on, and while you're trying to dodge, and maybe trying to keep pulse, and maybe trying to attack, like it's so much is going on, and this is the first boss fight. 
because uh, you got to think that's a lot in that first boss fight. The next thing you do, I think, is that weird chick in the cave. That's a huge open area, and she doesn't really do the miasma thing. It's an entirely different boss, and still crazy difficult. Like she's way too powerful. I feel like for what you're, you know, what you're given to deal with the situations. And I never really got felt like I felt like I was getting any stronger in that game. As much stats as I increased, I never felt like that's getting getting off topic a little bit. I never felt like I was getting any stronger in that game either. Me either. As much as I leveled up, it was a good game, but I didn't. I never felt strong. No, it's not about. I guess not about feeling terribly. Well, scratch that. I felt fine going against basic enemies. Hmm. Any time you come up against the boss, it's like, okay, here's a brick wall. Get through it with a toothpick. Have fun. Mm-hmm. And you just have to give up or try or you know you're using a toothpick and then you get lucky and someone brings in a. You know, and a wrecking ball. <laughs> he mentioned that version of the, uh, so there's those two versions of, two versions of co-op, the two confusing versions of co-op. The one that has the meter, if your meter runs out and you lose, it ain't restart at the nearest bonfire. It's start the whole level over again. Yes. That is, that, I yeah. forgot about that part. So if you play the other, the regular, all guess, or nothing. Yeah, it's. that was rough. I think that's one of the last things we did. We must have, I think we lost, I don't remember what level we were on. If we lost something and the meter had ran out, and we'd run back to an old level or something like that, just running, because it sends you back to old, it sends you back to the old maps on, quote unquote, called missions or whatever, yeah. jobs or missions. You run yeah. the old maps and get new stuff and new rewards and stuff like that. I feel like we ran back to one of the old maps and got wrecked, completely wrecked, and it was just like, it was heavy sigh. I'm like, I just want to turn this off, and I don't think we've turned it back on. I don't know if it's even still on my console. <laughs> I don't remember either. It was kind of a kind of a drag. It was just there's a lot of stuff that's kind of wearing us out. I feel like more, more than anything, but it's the closest thing you'll get to somebody making a soul a soul you know a souls like game that's on the quality wise and the playing wise of what From Software does. I don't think I guarantee. Uh, I haven't played it yet. I mean, I've been avoided, but I, I, I almost guarantee Sekiro's better in most ways. I know I haven't played Sekiro yet because. I'm, I think I said before on the podcast, I ain't afraid to admit I'm scared of Sekiro. It's single player, and I've heard everybody uh, whining about how difficult it is. And I'm like, geez, I don't know if I forgot the if I'm, if I'm in the mood for this. I've been avoiding it for a long time. Sekiro been out for like two years now. I'm never in the mood to to just get wrecked. Yeah, I mean we but hundreds of hours to the Soul series though. That's also co-op, something we could play together. It just it had enough things that were different. Like I said that that's not even, I wouldn't say that's the developer's thought fault. That's more along us of just being used to a certain, a certain game being played a certain way. It is just not being as good as good at it as we'd like to be. But I'm not going to dump all the time into it. I got too many. We got too many other games to play. I have other games to play exactly to try to be yeah. a master. We got a. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to stick around and try to, try to master a single game. And in this particular case, I would much rather be a jack of all trades and a master of none. That way, I could have experienced a whole lot more than just one game. Yeah. My entire life, I can't, I can't do that. I don't think Neo's that long. We, we'd probably, I don't, know, I don't think we'll go back to it. But it's something we could. If we ever got the itch to play something like it again. But I think, I don't know. 
I think so many, so many of the way, so many of the way the game systems and the way the game works was just was just pushing up and you know rubbing us the wrong way. It took so much just to just to do it. There's no no reason to think any of that stuff was resolved in Neo Two. No, I haven't, I haven't really heard much about anything for Neo Two since it came yeah, out. Kind of kind of launched without any fanfare. So I mean, it didn't take them it didn't take them 14 years to make it. Not this time around. They knew what they were doing. So yeah. You got any other final thoughts on that? All in all, it is good. If you're looking for something that's slightly more challenging and you're a fan of uh, this, the Souls series and Soul, Soul-like games, I, I definitely play it. And if, cool, if you're also if you're a fan of uh, Japanese lore and history with yeah. a little bit of fantastical supernatural element to them. I, rec- I do recommend playing it, even though I personally am not great at it. Uh, people out there do enjoy it. Yeah, it is a good game. If, you, if you're on PlayStation Plus and if you claimed it, I mean, it was free. It was free like the week that Neo Two came out, I think, or that. But they month, did it month. a month or two before. A month or two, I think, before the beta for Neo Two, so they, they knew they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Get it out there. Get some. Get some. Not PR. Are you Are you ready to talk about your uh, yeah. fantastic so band? Yeah, that's it for uh, Neo, I suppose. Uh, let us know if you've if you've played it or beat it, or uh, let us know if you're just flat out better than us. Which we, we're not we're not too worried about. You know, people are better than us in a, in a lot of things. Definitely much so. <laughs>
I love that name. They haven't put it, they haven't put any songs out yet, but they did announce. I think there's 13 tracks, and they will be getting a single uh, out shortly, pretty soon. Not only is that a great name, I don't want to list off all the names of the albums, but uh, well, I'm going to do most of them. But one of their the most most recent album was a uh, Pacifisticuffs. And I think that's what a, what a clever, like an incredibly clever name for a just in general for anything. I think it's a really great album name. But they have gone through, like I said, a, a bunch of different singers. Some of their early, the early album or two, uh, the music's always been roughly kind of like all, all on the same line. So I think the musicians tend to stick around. And they've been to one or two drummers, but they have had uh, an opera. They've had two, two or three different opera singers, uh, women. Uh, come to the band and do and do songs and whole album. I think one of the first albums is almost all her. She's gone now. Well, it's all opera singing. Now I know that sounds really uh, off-putting. When you mean uh, op- when you I say operatic, was she singing in Latin or was she singing in? You know, was she, was she... I have no idea. I have a hard time following operatic. I think because most opera is, I think, a Greek or Latin. Well, I think Greek I, is I'm Latin. Not, I'm not. A, I'm not an opera connoisseur. That's fair. But. I was able to get into the band, even even their old albums, when it's mostly her opera. I don't know her name. They all got Swedish names. Mostly opera scene because the music is just so crazy and so fun. It just pulls you in. Though that's that's great and listen to it. I know the uh, opera might put people off, so I didn't actually. I went kind of made a point of not picking uh, one of the opera songs on purpose because I, I I don't want to pick you know. It would be like, ugh, I don't want to hear opera. Unless you're a big opera fan, then sorry, my bad. We just don't want you to be taken by surprise that if you do end up liking this song, you go to listen to one of their first albums, yeah. and you hear it. You just, you know, you'll know because you'll know even across the albums they have different, uh, different singers. All the guys, girls. I mean, they do everything. So whoever I think every every song, I feel like as a group, every song they write, they just decide you're going to sing this time, and next time you'll do it. I don't know if you know you listen to them that much, but then another band, uh, Mastodon. No, these two though these two bands are insanely different. Mastodon I always was confused by them early on by their vocalists and stuff like that. I was like, oh my god, they changing singers. Come to find out for Mastodon that every member of Mastodon sings. They just pick which one they want to do it depending on which song it is, and as they write their albums and stuff like that. So so all Mastodon songs sound different because. It's all that the whole band takes turns singing. That's just good. That's uh, crazy. What, synergy flow. It just means yeah. I mean, that's why Mastodon's all the Mastodon stuff sounds so different. Now, but Diablo Swing, most of it you're going to get. Majority is going to be just up, upbeat, just fast, fun metal with some all kinds of instruments. I don't even know all the instruments. Obviously, they got the trump. They got maybe the trumpets, violins. Well, if you're thinking swing, is that like similar to jazz? Or, oh God, I don't know, because uh, you would have trumpets, the drums, guitar, bass, cello, stand-up bass. I think uh, cello and stand-up bass are eight, the same thing. Eight members, singer, guitarist, bassist, and drums is four for a regular band. So they maybe have twice as many members as a regular as a regular band. Now, granted, they don't use obviously because every song is different. They don't use every member in every song. Yeah, and that's like I said, the the vocalists are changing constantly. I mean, so it's it's a lot to keep up with. It's a a really uh, amazing band. I've heard nothing else, even the ball a ballpark of them. Now, if y'all hear this song and y'all know somebody that sounds in the ballpark like this, please let me know. I would love to have more bands like this. I love love crazy bands like this. Uh, I think they're just few and far between. People don't do 
experimental craziness like this band does. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I, mean, I think they mean the one of a kind. If they're not one of a kind, God, I, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy. If you're able to go on YouTube and type in swing metal and not get any anything but them, anything but them, that that goes to saying that they have something definitely unique about them, at least on a larger scale. I'm sure there might be some small time people that are maybe maybe. I saw people doing like a a swing cover of what so and so song and something like that, but it was no there was no more yeah. swing metal. I mean nothing, and they were like. It was like other random stuff, and all of a sudden YouTube was nothing but Diablo Swing Orchestra all the way down. It was pretty crazy. Anyway, I could go on and on and on about a band that I, I love quite a bit. I'm going to play a song from, I didn't I didn't write down which album number it was, but the album's called Pandora's Pinata, which is another fun album <laughs> title. This band can just name album titles. It's name albums. They're really good at it. Even better than that is the name of the song I'm going to play. Uh, I think this song is covers a pretty good piece of what they do. I had originally listened to uh, three. Uh, I listened list to them all day one day when I was home playing video games and I was just playing them in the background. And I listened to uh, all the albums and I I you know, you know, hand picked out like, these three songs are pretty great. Let me toss these at Blake and let him pick. Not knowing that apparently, accidentally I had picked three songs all from the same album. So apparently I have a favorite Diablo Swing album and I didn't I didn't know it. For more of the swingy type of stuff, I would think maybe um one of the songs I almost picked was uh Voodoo Mon Amour. So that's actually a single from the album and they that uh there's a, there's a video for that one. Man, they got two music videos that are really weird by the way. I'm getting I'm getting off track here. They got two music videos that are pretty strange. Uh, Voodoo Mon Amour is definitely right on, right along the the lines of their the swing kind of stuff they do. It's not the song I'm going to play because I want to do more of a rocky kind of songs a little bit. And I do love that song. Uh, Blake's favorite song, and what, ba- Balrog Boogie. Yeah, Balrog Boogie. Ba- Blake's, Blake's favorite song by them is ba- Balrog Boogie. I don't know which album that's on. I think it's off their first. Their first second. album, maybe. That's Blake's favorite, so look that one up as well. That one does. Now he wanted to play it. That that one does feature the operatic from mm-hmm. so its early album. Yeah. So it's it's real heavy, real heavy into that. It makes it a little hard, but the music is fun and fast. That's a great. It's probably a, probably one of the early singles, so I think it's a good, maybe a decent intro song to them. But uh, so those two songs are something, some other stuff to look at. But what the song I'm going to play uh, right here as we wrap this up. I did uh, find a kind of a cool thing, the actual genre of music that it's called. Mm-hmm. It's called avant-garde metal. Hmm. And according to Wikipedia, it's mainly from, it started in the 1980s, mm-hmm. and it's mostly found in Scandinavia, Switzerland. And lately, it's crept into Japan and North America, and that's it. And I just mean the United States, not even North America, United States. Hmm. It's a very limited thing known as avant-garde metal or experimental metal. Experimental is a wide, a wide exactly. berth. But it says it's interchangeable, but the actual name is called avant-garde metal. Hmm. So maybe you can try Learn something new. Yeah, maybe I can Google that. Maybe Spotify that, maybe. Yeah, regional scenes, Norway, and the U.S. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it, the... Yeah, that's interesting. I'll, I'll look that up. Because I guess just YouTubing... Sw- Swing metal wasn't enough. 
yeah, again, uh, for the types of instrument, electric guitar, vocals, bass guitar, drums, electronica, string instruments, as well as wood woodwind instruments. Yeah. So good. Anyway, so. Sorry, I just wanted to. Yeah, throw, throw a little more in there. You can Google while I'm talking. I just thought it was a cool act to have the actual name avant-garde so people could Google it. Yeah, cool. All right, and with that, the song I'm going to play is called Exit Strategy of a Wrecking Ball. Just a phenomenal name for a song. I'm going to start it right here at the end, right after Blake says his his little closing thing. I guess I need to start warning people, too, I guess. I, and I don't know. Blake said he listened to a couple of the episodes, and I need to warn people to kind of kill the, tweak the volume, right around here somewhere, tweak the volume down a little bit in case some of these songs that I play are, uh, start out too rambunctious. Or just have a just a simple countdown. Just three, two, one. Well, now, now they've got plenty of time now. All the all the explaining has given them plenty of time. You better. God. Anyway, so with that, I really hope you enjoy the band. You know, uh, get on there. Or find us on the Facebook stuff. You know, like, like we've been saying, the Facebook group and stuff like that. Uh, let us know if you like any of this stuff. Want to hear more stuff? Or just that's the best way to keep track of us is through Facebook or the Instagram. Uh, I've been talking about, I put a post out recently, I think it was even today or yesterday, about maybe I'm going to twist Blake's arm, get him streaming a couple of Magic the Gathering matches on Xbox, just to get us a, maybe just get us a, a streaming presence out there a little bit, even though it's just Magic the Gathering, but he loves Magic the Gathering, so I think it'd, think it'd be that hard. It's a great game. Yeah. Filled. So if, uh, that kind of stuff, if you didn't get, if you didn't get the, uh, if you're not following us on Facebook, you wouldn't have saw the post, but if you're interested in, Seeing uh, Blake stream Magic the Gathering, maybe other games. I feel like more Magic. We, we're not big on streaming per se, which we're not right now. I don't think we're going to be any good at it. We're, we're not. We don't have streaming personalities, but because the games that would be required to play, which might be like you know Fortnite or Call of Duty oh, or Overwatch, stuff like that, would be super entertaining. I'm like I don't like. I think Magic could stream well. Oh yeah. If you if as long as you're somebody who's watching knows the rules of Magic and kind of gets a gist of the cards and stuff like that. I wouldn't want you to pull up every single card you're playing, but you could talk yeah. about what you're doing. I know you play Magic so fast sometimes you don't think about I don't. what you're like. You, don't, you know, you've got it all planned out and stuff just happens and you just do it. But uh, between that, trying to get him to maybe maybe do that, we're we're looking into branching out maybe just a smidge. And uh, if any interest in a uh, anybody wanting to play him in Magic, he'll play anybody. He, he mostly plays strangers, which is probably less fun than playing either a friend. Or even somebody who listens to the podcast be interested in playing Blake and Magic the Gathering. It's Magic Duels, I think, on Xbox. I think it's yeah, Duels on. It's called Origin of the Duels or Magic. I got some jacked up name. Anyway, they also they also just gave away all the cards. They used to make you have to like buy booster packs and nonsense like With that. The game currency. the game was free, but you had to buy stuff and re- for whatever reason. They just gave everything away. So. They, they just had a big update within the last month or two. That uh, unlocked everything, so they may be getting ready to do it because they. Di- I knew they did just put out a huge, brand new set, and so maybe they're trying to like, here's all this for- to get more people into the online thing before they start dealing out with the new set that just yeah. came out, the Godzilla set, behemoths of Ikora. You know, Let's see, I don't even know the name of nothing. I play Magic too. I don't know if I'd get super involved in the streaming of the Magic, but I do. I haven't played in a long, long. I didn't play none of the Xbox game. I, I like magic myself. But anyway, if there's any interest in that, we might do it. If there's no interest in that, I might get Blake to do it. Try to get Blake to do it anyway. Give us a little bit of a 
online presence. I'm not sure if it'd be probably be. I mean, the easiest thing would be Twitch, I guess, because the one time I looked at Mixer on Xbox, it was like a so much happening on the screen. Like like the the UI for the whole thing was just like it was just so much, and like, the game that was getting played was like the littlest thing going on. It was just so much other stuff happening along the screen. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's a streamer thing. It was just like, am I here to watch a game or watch? All this other stuff go on. So I, what I saw of Mixer, I wasn't a fan of. Uh, Microsoft is not a sponsor, unfortunately. Mixer, Mixer sucks from what I've seen. Mm. It's, I mean, it's, they're still pushing it real hard. I'm sure they'll put, push it even harder. But I feel like a, if we do anything, it'd be Twitch. Yeah. yeah. We'll try it. I, I'm not opposed to trying it. Yeah. So anyway, I think that, about, that wraps it up. So listen, uh, I'm going to play the song here in a minute. Like we talked about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> check your volume maybe turn it down as you uh, know it's coming like when Blake does his sign off right about now I'm going to tap two black mana and wish everybody a good evening and good night
to get you out.